This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by Astral Projection. Have you ever been caught in an awkward conversation? Maybe you have long work meetings that require very little engagement. Maybe you just want the thrill of leaving your body without the permanence of death. Well, look no further. At Astral Corp, we're here to help you with all your escapist needs. Use code HMT at checkout and get a free coffee mug with a picture of a cute cat on it. And remember, never confront a problem head-on when you can just leave your body instead. Welcome to Horror Movie Talk! That's right, folks. You heard me right. We've explored the other genres and found nothing but sadness and disappointment. (laughs) This means that Horror Movie Talk is back to reviewing exclusively horror movies. New theatrical releases always get priority, but sometimes we review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Your usual host, Bryce Handsome, is here to stay. But you may have noticed that I am not David. So, uh, our, our beloved David has taken uh, a step away from the podcast and we miss him and we love him, but I'm here now, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my name is Max. I'm a husband. I am a student. I'm getting my master's in counseling right now and I love horror movies except for the ones that I hate. So, um. Yeah, make sure to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. The full video will be available on YouTube. Don't be a square. Make sure to share. Also, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, the equivalent of your adult section at the video rental store. If you want to add your pee to the community pool, go to horrormovietalk.com or call 682-253-4468 and leave us a voicemail. Um, as always, we have Fart Simpson crammed in the production booth, or do we? (laughs) Oops. We finally let him out, and he's stretching his legs here, so, Mm -hmm. um. Well, we'll see. Uh, Just full disclosure, like, I don't know if I'll have talked about this at the point that this comes out or not, but, yeah, we're, we're still kind of, uh, in limbo, well, in limbo, in transition times, and so some of the production and processes that we've been using um, are going to be a little different for the time being until I know that we're a little more financially secure. So I'm I'm not sure if uh, I, I'm hoping to use fart in the future, but um, you know, we'll see. We love fart. Um, he's still crammed into the, into the production booth. It's just a matter of whether we're paying him or not. <laughs> Now let's get something cleared up. Fart's a pseudonym, right? No, he is, his actual name his is Fart. His first name is Fart. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no middle name. I like it. 
Fart <laughs> Jameson Simpson. We have a great show for you today. We will be reviewing Insidious, which I cannot believe has never been reviewed on this podcast. Um, we will start out by giving a brief review and our score of the movie. We score on a scale of one to ten. You know how that works. It's just numbers. Count it up. You'd be surprised. Ten, good, one bad. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Later, we will be playing a new game, which I made up and no one's ever thought of before. Horror movie talk trivia. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, I'm actually excited. We're going to see how well Bryce knows his own podcast. Is he a big dum-dum or is he a smart guy? We're about to find out. I think we already know the answer to that question. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Insidious can be found on Max. Not to be confused with the Max talking to you right now, but HBO's Max. Oh. Yeah. Probably the stupidest name change I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. It's not HBO's Max. It's Discovery Max, whatever the corporate entity is. Now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, it's Max. Max. Uh, Does it confuse you when people talk about Max? Um, or do you take it do you take it hard when people criticize the the new naming of Max? Like No, I, I think it's I dumb as think, shit. I don't dude. think it's that bad. I, I like Max. Max is a good name. Max is a good name for a human being boy. Mm, but okay. for a TV sh- uh, show streaming platform, no. It can also be found on Amazon Prime Video with a premium subscription or wherever you can rent movies online. Sweet. So my synopsis of Insidious is Insidious is a movie about the Lambert family. Josh, played by Patrick Wilson, and his wife, Renee, played by Rose Byrne, who I love. Um, They've just moved into a new home when their son, Dalton, uh, played by... Sorry, I can't read my own writing. Their son, Dalton, played by some (laughs) little boy. (laughs) This is on a Word document (laughs) in, like, Arial font. (laughs) But there's a lot of words on the screen. Bryce. It's not looking good, Max. It's not looking good. No, I've ruined it already. Co-host position. <laughs> Anyways, just full disclosure. Um, you know, if we haven't uh, made it clear yet, uh, Max is on a probationary period. We're we're auditioning people, so he really should be bringing his A game right now. And uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to throw you off your game, but, you know. I've already been thrown off. Step it up, Max. I've already been thrown off. Come on. Anyways, so there's this boy, Dalton. Uh, I don't know who plays him. He slips into a mysterious coma. Unable to wake the boy, the Lamberts feel defeated, and just when they think things can't get worse, they start to experience insidious activity (laughs) in their house. After attempting to rid themselves of the apparitions the old-fashioned way by moving... They realize that they are in way over their heads and seek help from a psychic medium. Wacky hijinks ensue. Eventually, they are able to learn more about the insidious forces preying on their son. But are they focusing too much on the wrong thing? The movie is directed by James Wan, who you might recall directing little-known movies like Saw, The Conjuring, and Aquaman. 
the writer Lee Wanell, I think that's how you say his name, who also plays a goofy ghost hunter, um, is also the same guy who plays Adam in Saw. And he also wrote um, The Invisible Man. He's, he's written some really good movies. Yeah, he does a great job. So, on to my review. Now, Insidious is a chaotic movie that throws a lot at the wall, hoping something will stick. Luckily for James Wan, some, some of it does, and we're left with a movie that is imperfect but enjoyable nonetheless. The movie attempts to scare the viewer in many different ways, but mostly relies on being creepy and then jump-scaring you when you least expect it. Um, it has one of the most notable jump scares in all of horror movie history, which I'm sure we'll cover soon in the spoilers section. While I'm not usually a fan of super quiet scenes that end with a really loud noise meant to startle you, Insidious does this well a couple of times. The acting is sometimes a little over the top for me, but how can I be mad when I get to stare at Patrick and Rose's beautiful faces for one hour and 43 minutes? In the end, we are left with the classic for the 2000s, 2010s era of horror and a personal favorite of mine because it reminds me of being a little teenager. My score is 7 out of 10. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, I'd seen this one before, um, and this like gets caught in the mix of the horror movies that I have not really strong feelings about because it feels like it's in the conjuring universe it basically is and and uh it's funny my my wife watched it with me and she's like oh is this the one with the nun i'm like no idiot this one stars patrick wilson uh fighting a family's haunted house and uh the one you're thinking about is the conjuring starring patrick wilson fighting a family's haunted house um so yeah i mean it's like it it mixes with the milieu of the the conjuring universe but it actually is unique like it's not it's kind of refreshing like on on watching again i'm like oh yeah this is actually pretty unique and it's kind of uh um you get like why James Wan kind of established himself as a name because it's like just different enough and interesting and has like some weird little quirks that are like that's a interesting choice um and you know it really works in this movie um later James Wan goes off the rails with uh Malevolent <laughs> which is like with a lot of directors you you see like once they get a name from themselves they get pretty um um what do you call call it cocky um, cocky or um what's the word i can't think of the word it speaks volumes that insidious was made on a budget of like 1.5 million and uh what is it called malevolent maleficent maleficent <laughs> malignant was made malignant for fuck Malignant was made with $40 million. One of the promises I can make with horror movie talk, you know, going back to our roots, uh, I promise to remain unresearched and uh, stubbornly um, ignorant to all things horror movies. Uh, A lot of people criticize us for that, but, you know, I really think it's part of the brand. So, Why would you want someone who knows what they're talking about? 
Right. <laughs> that would be nerd stuff. Okay. Yeah, there could be, there's any number of podcasts with like experts. Um or people that have insightful things to say. That's why you come to horror movie talk. People that don't know what they're talking about. Who can barely remember the name of the movie they're talking about. Right. Well, okay, so listen, this movie is different from The Conjuring because Patrick Wilson's mom is named Lorraine, not his wife this time. Yes. Yeah. It's completely different. Um yeah, I mean James Wan kind of, kind of go again goes off the rails with like re- recently with Malignant and and like some of these other movies that he's also producer on, but um, yeah, this one, yeah, you kind of see like I get it, it works. It's like right in its uh, it's right in its zone. Um, instead of just a generic haunted house movie, this is also kind of like a a trope where it's like it's not the house that's haunted. It's the family or a child. I mean, Poltergeist did that as well. Well, this movie is the Poltergeist. It's just the Poltergeist. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. It is almost, you know, I didn't think about it, but yeah, it is exactly a remake of Poltergeist, except they still have the kid's body. That's the difference. That's the innovation that we bring. It's the mind that's gone, not the body this time. Right. Um, my score, sorry, I, I didn't get around to my score. Yeah. Upon second watch, like I appreciate it more. Um, it's a good one. Um, like I appreciate some of the inventiveness. It still is a little, um, cookie cutter. It's about half cookie cutter and half like, oh, you're trying. Good job. Um, so I'll I'll give it a score. Yeah, I think I I think I'll agree with you. Seven seven out of ten. It's not a bad score. That's it's good, a, not great. Good night. You know, good not great. That's a perfect way to explain. I'll, it. I'll tell you what. It did engage me. Like I was much more engaged in this movie than um, Five Nights at Freddy's. Like I was oh, falling asleep. Oh, yeah. At Five Nights at Freddy's, and that was the first one I watched. And I watched Insidious, which I've seen before, and I was like pretty engaged the whole time. It was like, yeah, this is actually interesting, and. Well, when I mean they throw a lot at the wall, like, there is something happening every two minutes. Like, they just yeah. keep doing something to see, like, what's going to grab your attention. Some of it does not grab my attention, really, but some of it does. Um, so, I I think that there's good yeah. and bad in that. Yeah, what kind of ghosts do you like? You like old women creepy ghosts? Like little kid we ghosts? Got you. <laughs> you got little kid ghosts pattering across the hallway? We got you. What about we a biker-looking ghost with a weird little nose? How about demons with hooves? Hooves. <laughs> Got everything for you. Hooves. Oh, um, even a weird CGI scene. Which will... What was the CGI scene? Oh, well, we got to get into the spoilers to talk about okay, that. Let's, let's talk about spoilers. All right. All right, Max, let's test your let's test your abilities on mid-roll. All right. Don't fuck it up. This is the mid-roll, everybody, so hit skip. Uh, if you're <laughs> listening to these commercials, you should know that you don't have to. Um, we have a Patreon with several tiers, and one of them gets you uh, a commercial-free podcast. There's also an Afterpod, which we record uh, after the end of each episode, so you'll get double the content. Plus, we got a shop. Go check out the shop. In fact, the shop actually might be down right now, so maybe maybe don't check out the shop. <laughs> so maybe don't check it out. <laughs> maybe check out the shop to see if it's working, and if yeah. it is, buy lots of right. stuff. Right, right, right. Check out our resident artist, Dustin Gobel, a professional bow, artist bow, who bow, fucks bow, bow, bow. hard. 
He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. Contact him at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0, that's really hard to say, on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. Tell him HMT sent you. No, actually, tell him Max sent you. Because <laughs> I'm trying to build my relationship with him and uh-huh. we're becoming better friends every day. Anyways, call 682-253-4468 to maybe hear your voice on the show. And thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. So this movie opens up with a flashback that rests on a creepy old lady who will be important later, I promise you, but kind of forgettable um, in the moment because she doesn't appear for a very long time again. I honestly completely forgot the opening of this movie already. I also (laughs) forgot and I had to watch a recap (laughs) to remember (laughs) that part. Um, But anyways, it really opens up with um, Renee the mother and wife of the family waking up in very goofy looking pajamas um, and going downstairs and looking at old photos from when she was a kid and when the kids were even younger kids. And I literally wrote in my notes, goofy ass pajamas right before her son Dalton comes down the stairs in the same matching pajamas, which I thought was kind of strange all of a sudden we don't care about this family (laughs) fuck this goofy family but anyways they deserve everything coming to them the son asks uh renee if he can see like pictures of his dad when he was a kid and she says you know your dad didn't really like taking pictures as a kid um which also will be important later but not for a while um so is rose Byrne? Related to David Byrne? I have no idea. I, Let me see. I'm in love with Rose Byrne, though. I couldn't keep Rose Byrne was born in Balmain, Sydney, Australia. She's the daughter of Jane, a primary school administrator, and Robin Byrne, a semi-retired statistician and market research. So I guess she's not related to David Byrne. Oh, well. That's it was worth a shot. Yeah, she is very pretty. She's mm. got a very pretty face that is... She's usually cast as the pretty girl <laughs> that everyone kind of loves to hate mm-hmm. in most stuff. Like she was in bridesmaids as that. And I think in spy as that, did you ever see spy? I haven't seen with spy. Melissa McCarthy Mm-mm. kind of like a really, it's one of those movies. That's like, I wish people realized more how good Melissa McCarthy is. Cause that movie is so fucking funny. It's so so good we'll have to put the plus back on hmt and uh never <laughs> never again bryce just had f- flashbacks david david took his plus home <laughs> him and his plus are very happy it's together like, now he's taking taking uh taking his ball home it's not gonna let anyone play with this plus <laughs> <laughs> oh um another thing that happens in the beginning of the movie is you're seeing uh you see Renee like trying to wrangle all the kids while she's like talking on the phone with like a telemarketer or something 
and the kids are just crying and everything's crazy and then it just shows patrick wilson up in his room like buttoning up his button Mm -hmm. combing his hair just really getting a good morning in before he goes to work yeah very feels like a very real family where yeah you know the wife is doing everything and stressed out all the time and then the father is you know what's what's that uh just kind of a loop. What's that phrase that you kids are using now? Um, He's a dilf. M- malevolent, malevolent incompetence, or something like that. What's it called? Malignant incompetence. Uh, malign, <laughs> maleficent incompetence. <laughs> what are you people on TikTok? Weaponized incompetence. Weaponized incompetence. He kind of reminds me of like a Homer Simpson type. Where yeah. he's he's goofy, he's not like always aware of what's going on, but he's a good guy. Yeah, he's just kind of I mean, they kind of explain it more later that he's kind of aloof or intentionally just kind of avoiding awkward situations. Right. Um yeah, this weaponized incompetence thing, like it's always labeled for the guys, like but honestly, if you've been in a relationship I think both sides use weapons. Stop, Bryce. Stop. This is where you get those reviews from that say you hate women. Anytime, like, you want to talk about weaponized incompetence? Like, like, let's see what happens when your wife's car, like, needs a a light bulb changed. You know, it's like, I don't don't know how things work. What's a screwdriver? (laughs) No. Is that the thing that you hit nails with? I don't know. Bryce, you're going to get this show canceled before I get my 15 minutes of fame. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it still still feels like a real family, you know? It does. Because, you know, fathers are pieces of shit. The fucking patriarchy. Um, So basically, Patrick Wilson goes to work. And uh, Renee is left home looking through. They just moved to this house, by the way. They just are mm-hmm. freshly in there. They still haven't even, un- even unpacked yet. And she's looking for her sheet music. We learned that she is a musician. She's a uh, piano player, a pianist, if you will. Um, she can't find her sheet music. So she's looking all over for it. She goes into the attic and eventually breaks a ladder while she's in there. Um, and it's kind of like... Uh, Chekhov's gun right it's like we know that mm-hmm. that ladder is going to be important later so Patrick Chekhov from Star Trek what what's the real what's the real Anton word? Chekhov <laughs> did I, I say it wrong right. no I think you're right <laughs> okay that's good because I don't know I Star Trek an and that might cause some divisions in the future but <laughs> no it's it's right it's both it okay. is Chekhov's gun and it came from Star Trek oh it did no I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, you're messing with my head too much. Um, Patrick Wilson comes home eventually, and um, they're kind of just hanging out, having a, a fun moment in the living room. But Dalton, the mischievous little boy he is, is snooping around in the attic, and uh, he is trying to climb that same ladder to turn on the light because it's dark up there, and he slips and falls because it's broken, right? And he hits his head, which kind of, to me, didn't make a lot of sense because then he's fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess it adds the uncertainty of what comes after where you're like, well, is this actually head trauma or 
like what's going on because like that can happen like you can get a concussion that leads to a pop up pop up and be fine and then you die you know like head head trauma is weird like you can get like a inflammation of the brain that you know kills you or puts you into a coma you know after you pop up but that's neither here nor there like it's it's interesting the most interesting thing to me is the uh the weird uh attic and like i think james wan has a thing with like weird spooky attics that was the one thing about um maleficent um (laughs) the movie that he that, that he directed yeah um that like the the attic in that movie was so bizarrely disconnected from the house i don't think it was filmed in the same house i think it was no no because number one i think the the scale was completely off yeah but also like the attic had like sun shining through the roof like it was completely dilapidated for some reason but there wasn't any water damage in the actual house it was like a beautiful house yeah, so this one also has kind of a really spooky attic that seems way too big. Like, who has an attic with a vaulted ceiling, you know, that requires a ladder to climb up to turn on the light? My like, attic it's very much is like, like a foot and a half tall, and you have to, like, crawl on your belly. Right. Like, most attics, you can touch the ceiling even in the center, and, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh... Yeah, not this one. And why do they need a ladder to turn on the light? Because they need it for the plot. Shut up. Because it's a tall ceiling. Because <laughs> there's so and there's rich. there's nothing in the attic too. Like they they need zero storage. Well, there is one thing in the attic. The missing sheet music is in the attic, mm, and so true. this leads Renee to think that Dalton was up there hiding it for some reason, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but. Um, Basically, they go to bed and everything's fine. And uh, this is what really, I guess now I feel dumb because I didn't know that about head trauma. But I was like, so he falls off the ladder and he gets up and he's fine. And then he goes to bed and he's fine. But then the next morning he's in a coma, a mysterious coma, by the way, that the doctors Mm -hmm. don't understand for some reason. Don't call it a coma. It looks and acts just like a coma, but it's not. It's a special coma. It's it's great. Wouldn't you love to have... You know, this is actually kind of something they stole from The Exorcist. I rewatched The Exorcist the other day. Um, still holds up. Still my favorite horror movie of all time. Um, but yeah, the the, uh, the whole sequence where the doctor's like, "Nothing's wrong," so that would have don't pissed me worry, right off. I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the case with the doctors. They're like, "Well, it's not a coma. Um, he's just not waking up." And there's no brain damage, and he's fine. Well, it, not only was the line kind of awkward and clunky, but the actor wasn't the best for the doctor. Uh-huh. And so he's like, we don't get it. It's like it. It's like a coma because he can't wake up, but it's not like a coma because we don't understand it. Yeah, so, and he's like, it's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my entire career. <laughs> Anyways, I got to go take this call. Bye. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, there's something returns. more pressing this way, actually. Yeah, but uh, you can pay you can pay on your way out. That'll be twenty thousand dollars. Bye. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah, that happens, and and we got this kid, um, basically in hospice care in, in his in his house. Just yeah, like, three months pass. Yeah. Um, and I love that 
yeah, Patrick Wilson's character in the meantime, again, weaponized incompetence. He like he keeps staying like late at his job. Right. Which is a disconnect from reality, which is like Honey, I got so much work to do. I've got, I mean, we got to pay for these bills. I got to work long hours at my teaching teaching job. <laughs> it's like yeah, um actually there's no such thing as overtime <laughs> as a teacher. Um like the part where you're working overtime and and staying at school longer like yeah, that's possible, but the whole thing where it's like I got to pay for all these medical bills. It's like yeah, it's not going to it's not going to change anything. And also yeah. we see him working on a laptop at school. He's like, "What am I supposed to do?" Like I got to like I can bring this home or anything. Yeah. What? Do you think they make computers that you can travel with? Right. So, yeah, it's a little there's a little bit of disconnect between the job choice and like the production design of having a laptop to do, which is maybe kind of he a was like weird. a professor and gets paid more and is like doing extra was, projects. I don't I didn't remember seeing how old the kids looked in the Yeah. Scene. I, I don't know. I I got I mean the fact that he said teacher yeah makes me think like public school and not university but did you know. notice uh the stuff written on the whiteboard behind him Oh the saw the jigsaw Yeah there's face. a jigsaw face and then there's like um a detention list and it has like a bunch of the people who worked on the film their names are on it James Wan is oh, up there Oh I didn't notice that So it's kind of like a silly little fun thing to to look at Yeah but yeah, he's coming home late, um, and Renee is not happy about it because she's experiencing insidious activity in the house. I gotta say, throughout this whole movie, like I was doing the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing with my wife sitting there, um, just every opportunity I had was, used to, was to use a commentary about the word insidious. Like, what is this house? Some kind of insidious house. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Did you know that it originally wasn't going to be called insidious? They were going to call it the further, which is a bad name. And I'm glad they changed it. It's a it. bad name, but it'd be honestly a little more interesting. You think so? I think it sounds dumb. I don't think I'd click on it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I guess insidious works. I mean, who am I to argue? It's like a pretty successful movie, but eh, it's pretty boring too. It's not as bad as the Night House. The Night House is the worst <laughs> film title that I've come across. For like, the this is dark betraying one. how how it's like a huge betrayal. Like this movie is actually interesting. You pick the most boring title you could possibly choose. I know. I do love that movie too. That movie's fun. It is good. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these things that Renee's experiencing while her husband is at work. Um, the most notable one for me, which I thought was kind of weird, was she... So they have a newborn. Not a newborn. I guess she's like six months or whatever. I don't know baby ages. I've never had a baby. I don't know what mm. they look like when they are certain ages. They have a baby, and she's fussy. She's always crying. She never sleeps. Finally, Renee gets the baby to go down for a nap. And the first thing she does is go to her piano and play piano music while her baby's sleeping. That's kind of weird because pianos are loud and they travel in big houses. Um, but anyway, she's listening to the baby monitor and she starts hearing like little whispers 
And so she like listens to it longer and it gets like louder and louder and more like violent and intense, um, which is terrifying. I don't have kids, so I guess I, I probably don't understand the scope of how terrifying that is, but uh, very scary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the baby monitors, that's the thing, like, the stuff that, a lot of stuff they chose was, like, pretty good, pretty good choice there, because, like, baby monitors do pick up stray frequencies, like, you can sometimes hear, like, weird talking on baby monitors, um, but yeah, the fact that it's, like, whispering, mm -hmm. like, you'll never win. Yeah. It's hopeless. Give them to me. Give like, Jesus. Yeah. So that was that was pretty uh, unsettling, and that was effective for me. I I that really drew me into it, especially because that's like one of the first like big scary things that happens. Um, she goes to the room, and there's nobody there. But still, it's um, you know it's really uh, unnerving for her. And then other things are happening, like there's uh, she's seeing people out the window, and there's a bloody hand print on Dalton's bed sheets. Um, yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting. Like the, they do a pretty good slow roll of her seeing ghostly images or stuff in the darkness moving or stuff like just outside the window, that's really effective. But then they have like a giant bloody handprint, and it doesn't seem like she has any reaction at all, or just like, like at that point I'd be like, uh, we need the police here. Um, we have a bloody claw mark on our son's bed, and there's no explanation for it. So. What the fuck? Like that—that that would be like a big escalation. She's like, "Oh shit, I'm bloody." Well, and what I that. really like is when Patrick Wilson comes home and they're arguing because obviously he's—he has no good reason to be staying out till ten thirty as right. a teacher. And um, she's like, "I've been seeing things, weird things, spooky things." And he's like, "Oh, what? So you're—you're—you saw someone out the window, and now we have to move houses." And she's like, "Fine, you don't—you don't believe me, whatever." Oh, also by the way, there's this bed sheet with uh, a bloody handprint on it. <laughs> Like it literally comes last second, and it's like it, that would be the first thing that I would say. That's yeah, and he also has zero reaction. He just looks at it. And it's like, huh, yeah. bloody handprint. All right, well, I guess I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Mm -hmm. so like, if, some, if my wife handed me a bloody handprint on my son sheet, it'd be like, this is not the end of the conversation. This is the beginning of it. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's pretty good throughout. I mean, but like the the setup is is really decent. I really appreciate like the creepy vibes and like the people walking in the darkness or like faces in the darkness or just out of focus is pretty solid. In terms of like movies that do that, this has got it really good. My favorite one was the the guy pacing back and forth outside of the window and then all of a sudden he appears in the room. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that was like Jesus Christ. I'm a big fan of the guy standing in the corner pointing at the sun. That's pretty creepy. Yeah, but um, anyways, so yeah, weird stuff happens, and eventually they decide, okay, we are gonna move because I believe you now. This is uh, something's going on. Something insidious is going on here. Yeah. So <laughs> they move houses, and uh, unfortunately, there are still ghosts haunting them. Which uh, would stress me out so much, not even because I'm being haunted, but because I just spent so much money to move houses and it didn't fix the problem. Like yeah. my financial burden would be crushing right there. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you're a one, a single income household from what, I mean, I'm not feeling that we see her bringing in a ton of money for her, you know, honestly kind of shitty piano compositions. Um, so a single income and your wife, you just moved and your single income is a teacher salary. Um, the answer to we got to move is like, <laughs> we can't, yeah, uh, we're going to be in no debt for way. five years as it is like, like $2,000 to move uh is not insignificant and you know closing costs like yeah mm, how about no i love uh, see here's here's like the the trope that i wish i mean it's probably done on on parodies but like i wish that there was a movie like this with like the haunting of the house um where instead of like ramping up into just utter chaos it eventually gets to the point where they're just like they're totally over it like all right whatever i mean that's like from what i understand of most people that live in quote-unquote haunted houses there's like yeah weird shit happens you know we just move on with it door drawers open you just push back in like bloody handprint on the on the like ah fuck i gotta wash this fucking sheet again whatever kid falls Um, into a mysterious coma yeah it's like just another tuesday little kid running across your path it's like oh that's just billy right which um, is the next thing that renee sees while patrick i keep calling her by her uh character name and him by uh-huh. his real name uh but i'm gonna keep uh-huh. doing it because i like it um patrick is at work and she sees a little boy running around um which we learned later which was not very clear to me i picked this up while watching like a recap video apparently it's not a little boy it's a old man who had like dwarfism and looks like and acts like a little boy but is actually a creepy old dude and sounds like it didn't i thought it had like a young kid voice it does but they like show they like, like freeze <laughs> they like freeze framed the face in like one part and he like looks like this decrepit creepy dude that's weird so he's like a benjamin button yeah he's a benjamin button kid yeah um but anyways so the uh patrick's wife not his wife his mom comes over because she has some stuff that she needs to share and probably should have shared this uh when they were first being haunted and had to move houses Uh but uh oh turns out i've dealt with haunted stuff before and i actually got it fixed and i actually know a person who can fix that stuff so you know could have came a little sooner but um, mm-hmm. This is the scene where we get um, the the notable this is information scare. you could have shared before we moved. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, but yeah, this is the scene where we get that jump scare, which uh, is on your background. Which uh, how did that how did that hit you? Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, yeah, the jump scare with with the the demon behind Patrick Wilson is pretty solid. Um, in the movie. What was your question? Just like if it worked on you. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty solid. Like it's the first time you see like the true like in focus face, mm-hmm. which is pretty shocking. Right. I I think like knowing that it was coming and knowing exactly where it was, it felt kind of lackluster this time, but when I watched it for the first time when I was like 15, that was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. So it's definitely notable and it's a lot of fun. I do think this is where we start getting a long 
digression into showing this demon way too much and way too often. Um, because here it's just like a brief moment, but eventually we will see him just dancing around. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of lose its uh, its luster after a while when you're like seeing him tap dancing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> making little puppets. Uh, yeah. He really likes puppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a little gremlin. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, for it's a pretty great monster design, regardless. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was effective. That's one thing that I think Insidious does pretty well. But um, so yeah, the the mother of Patrick Wilson calls up her old friend um, Elise, played by what's her face Lynn Shay, who has become a pretty notable uh, actor in horror movies. Um, I mean, yeah, they kind of just like plug her in. Mascot. They kind of just yeah. plug her in now and be like, look who we got. It's the lady from the thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think she does a, a pretty good job in this. I just think that um, the writing maybe was a little too intense for the situation. And what I mean by that is I wanted to ask you if this would ever work on you. So your your son is in a coma. You're devastated. Your wife is convinced that your house is haunted and a psychic comes over and gives you that big old spiel about your son being in the further because he's an astro projector. And that's because he inherited it from you. You're also an astro projector. Also mm-hmm. pay me $2,000 and I'll get your son back. Yeah. <laughs> that's the part where they leave out, yeah. which is like, like there's a way we could get him back. Um, there's a slight chance it's going to cost $10,000, but there's no one else that can do it. Right. So we kind of have a yeah. monopoly on this, uh, astro projection thing. Cause we yeah, have a that's metronome. The thing. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing when, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'll let's come back to the metronome. But, uh, that's the thing about these movies with the ghost hunters or the, you know, psychics that come in like in, you know, or the Dave and, um, was it Ed and Lorraine Warren? Yeah. Um, the thing that they leave out is how obviously like shady the people are <laughs> that do it. And like, just like, I wish there was, there was a movie that got it right where it's like, even if they are genuine and it does work at, you know, exercising the demons of your house, I would like it to be like the dialogue and the acting would be like, no one would ever take these people seriously or yeah. or like because that's honestly what it is we just uh on our vacation that we just went on one of the pla- one of the stops was the oregon vortex text 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 Do you, are you familiar with the oregon i'm not vortex? i have no idea what you're talking about well you gotta google it it's a it's a weird place with um supposed electromagnetic phenomena and uh makes people grow and shrink different places that you stand in it and whatnot Uh, it's a little weird thing wait hold on where is that you're telling me i can uh, grow yeah how much um i got my penis grew three inches but um so i was really let me see if i can look at oregon vortex Oh, it's uh, the Oregon Vortex and the location of the House of Mystery. Mystery, mystery. So this is a 
circular area with unique phenomena open since 1930. I don't know if it has any pictures. Media features? No. I mean, it was like one of these things that was um, included on un- Unsolved Mysteries and stuff where it's like, yeah. Oregon Vortex, water flows uphill, um, and all this stuff. Does it? Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's mostly like, um, you know, kind of like optical illusion kind of stuff, or, or you assume. But there is definitely, like, parts of it where you're like, you have... Like, one of the demonstrations are they have kind of two people of different height stand on each side of this plank, and they put, like, a board on top of their head. And you're like, okay, well, that person's kind of shorter than the other person, and, like, the angle is a certain angle, and then they switch places, and, like, it's weird. It looks like the angle changed like a lot or they, they look like they're similar height dude where this it was could before. fix so many of my problems <laughs> yeah come to the Oregon for the problem is you you can't leave you have to just stay there you have but you have to stay you know, there to gonna, be tall yeah you, if you're gonna take if you're gonna take your um um your dating profile pictures you know max if you're looking to get your your grinder profile pick go to the the organ vortex and how how tall are you i'm six one. Oh my goodness yeah that's a tall boy <laughs> pretty, pretty sexy huh see i'm five uh, eight so this kind of thing could really be life-changing for me yeah it could like we'd be the same height if we went to the organ vortex that sounds but anyways awesome. like they they have like a a tour guide and you pay you know admission to go and like the tour guide comes in and you're like you realize like this is a this is obviously a, a scam because the the tour guide is like using all this woo language of like oh yes we have these are ley lines and we use these you know non-ferrous metal rods to and it's all like obviously bullshit right when you're just like it, it you just hear when you like meet a con man or like a or like a very good salesman that's good at like convincing people to buy things you're like i recognize the game and i appreciate it but also this is obviously a scam well and that's just what i kept thinking in the movie is like i i could have like seen the demon with my own eyes and if this lady came in here talking like that i'd be like i don't believe you i don't believe you at all because it's it's just so outlandish but turns out it's true yeah so I wish the I wish they had like a little more of the um the con man aspects for when the uh the psychics come into it but you know it's a horror movie you got to say like right. no this actually exists ghosts are real ghosts Idiot. are real <laughs> Have you ever seen a ghost? No but I you know have heard other people say that they've seen ghosts Yeah <laughs> What kind of people say that is the question you should ask Hmm. I was talking to my mom about this the other day and it was like also within the context of like kind of spiritual experiences where it's like you know eventually you get to a point where you're old enough where you realize the only people with these ghost sighting experiences or like these intensely and regular spiritual experiences they're kind of a certain type 
and a kind of like a little bit of a you know attention seeker and a little over dramatic and to the point where my mom was like like kind of like brother farthing i'm like yes exactly that's exactly who i was thinking of this this guy that always has a spiritual experience to talk but, about or like but do you think that like consciousness exists after we die or should we save that for the afterbot i mean I, I i put everything in this category as i want to believe and uh i mean i'm getting more and more like jaded as i get older but like yeah that's the one thing that i don't want to let go of which is you know an afterlife or consciousness existing in perpetuity but i don't necessarily think you have to believe both like could there be something out there maybe do they come and make spooky weird noises under your bed maybe not yeah because it's all kind of disconnected it's like no, in the afterlife, you go to heaven and you'll be with your family and, and things will be nice. Or you go to hell and burn for eternity. Or you kind of just stay in a house and jingle some, some silverware for the rest of eternity. Which is not a bad in-between right there. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, like if the choice was you go to heaven or you go to hell... Like, I would raise my hand to jingle some silverware for eternity. Oh, for like, sure. That sounds awesome. How about, how about I just open some drawers? Like, Well, so my wife's great-grandma is 90-something, and she promised me that when she dies, she will come back and haunt me. So I will be able to then report back to you, and then, well, of course, you'd have to, you know, keep me on as a yeah. host if you want that, but... If just if you want to know if there's an afterlife or right, okay, like that. okay. Well, it's a pretty good selling point, Max. You know, not gonna lie, it's pretty pretty good strategy. Um, yeah, I mean, my dad died, and uh, I. You, th- that's the thing with like all these spiritual experiences where people visit you after they die. Like that's like one of the most common ones, and the ones that I that seem most believable because it's like seems pretty universal which is like Mm -hmm. yeah i didn't realize he was dead but like at the same moment that he died on the hospital bed he came and i felt his presence or he visited me and i saw him whoa spoilers for insidious chapter two yeah and uh like that was like a, a pretty common thing and so i was like but it's always like someone very close to you, like someone that you had like a real relationship with that mm-hmm. wanted to say goodbye or whatever. Um, and, you know, my dad died and it was like, well, I mean, here's my chance. You know, I've got this. This is the first death that actually, like, you know, let's be honest, really meant something to yeah. me or and uh, didn't he didn't come say goodbye. I mean, I did watch him die you know from two feet away but his ghost didn't come back and say goodbye and i was like all right but knowing my dad like i'm sure in the afterlife if like the his brother as an angel was like welcome to the afterlife would you like to go back and say goodbye or is there anyone any unfinished business i'm sure my dad would be like nah i'm fine (laughs) i feel pretty good dead about what i did yeah they're fine they're they don't need to see me again so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I want to believe, but it's it's hard to the older I get. I'm like, 
there's no one that wants it more and if i was gonna be able to conjure it up in my head um through even just like you know personal hypnosis or like try to find a way to believe it it would have been me and it still it hasn't happened yeah. to where i have any had anything that happened to me that was truly unexplainable outside of coincidence um, okay, I have, I have another question for you, and then we'll go back to the movie. Um, okay. If you could astro project, would you? Fuck yeah. And I'd take any opportunity to fly. Yeah. Like, if I could, like, have you ever done um, any lucid dreaming? Have you ever had a lucid I've dream? I've done it, but I'm not good at control? it. I, I have very little control. Yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of the story with lucid dreaming but there's been like when i was younger i could i got a little practiced like to where i could i could recognize like oh this is a dream or i would start doing stuff and realize like oh hey wait i know how this works i can fly now and so this is my favorite thing like i had a very specific way of flying in my dreams just if you're if you're wanting to fly in your dreams, just flapping your... dreaming. This is the this is the technique. No, Max, <laughs> idiot. Um, how you do it is you know um, Michael Jackson's music video for Smooth Criminal. Sure. Where he like leans forward, like too much, and he doesn't fall down. Yeah. You start doing that. You lean forward, and then you don't fall down, and you get to the point where your nose, you know. Your your face is only like that far off of the ground. Okay. And then you just pick up your toes. And then you're floating. And then you kind of like, okay, I'm floating, you get the hang of it, and then you can start flying around. And then you see a girl's boobs and you get excited <laughs> and then you wake up. Like that's lucid dreaming for me was always oh, like, Okay, man. can I get to fuck someone now? <laughs> can I have sex in this dream with like you know with rachel from friends like can we finally do this and then like i get her to appear and she's oh. like and she's like it's like the the um what's that kevin Sp kevin spacey movie um uh american beauty it's like you know um you know rachel from friends will like start opening her her shirt you know, and then like rosebuds will come out, and I'm like, oh, and then I wake up, and I'm like, fuck, why can't I actually have sex in a dream? Bryce, that's like, the funniest shit you've ever said to me. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I have tears. So yeah, so you know, uh, words of wisdom if you if you want to fly in a dream, lean forward like smooth criminal, and then lift up your your feet. Um, where were we? <laughs> what were we talking so, about oh yeah could i astral project so i assume like i could have a similar experience with just flying around and i mean let's be honest like i'd go some places that i wasn't supposed to um you know the pentagon well you flew into the <laughs> pentagon right yeah i would go into that's i mean if i was going to fly somewhere where i wasn't supposed to see things or see things i would learn about government secrets definitely oh. and not other places i don't want to know the government secrets i want 
That sounds like someone would be out to get me. Um, yeah. Well, so I asked because when I was on my mission, there was this talk floating around, which like one of the only things you have to do in your spare time is listen to speeches and talks. Mm-hmm. And so there was this one, this stupid one about astral projection, which was like deep lost in the archives. I can't believe someone found it. Um, oh, wow. But basically it was saying, do not astral project because it's dangerous and you can die. Yeah. Um, so obviously <laughs> me and all my buddies every night when we'd lay down would try our hardest to astral project using methods that some dude who we met said would work, but it never did. Your buddies meaning your your mission companions? Well, yeah, we had like a house. It was like four of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, full disclosure, or if you guys haven't gathered, both me and Max grew up Mormon. We both went on missions, so we were the ones knocking on your door. That's be nice. Be nice to people knocking on your door. Like, I get it. That doesn't, you know, you don't want to. And if we have to pee, let us into pee. We've been out there for hours. Yeah, just like, you know, give us a drink of water. Just let us come in and sit on your couch. You you don't have to join the church. Just be nice. I will leave this book right here, though. Yeah. We will judge you and, like, complain (laughs) about how you smell like smoke afterwards. But, no. Uh, My favorite favorite story on my mission was we were tracting. Tracting means knocking on doors to (laughs) people that aren't in the know. Um, We were out, and it was pouring rain i think i was on splits or something so it was like with not my normal companion it was pouring rain and like it had soaked well through my overcoat that i had and like i think when i got back like it had bled into my white shirt and stuff Mm -hmm. it was just if there was anyone that looked more like a pathetic like stray dog (laughs) on your doorstep it would have been me and i can never forget like a guy was like, you know, yeah, we're not interested. Like, uh, you know, stay dry out there, guys. Stay dry. <laughs> just like, oh, you could have just let us in. Could just let us in, just dry off or something. It's like, yeah. Anyways, that was like one of the rare occasions. Like, in retrospect, I'm like, why were we out there? I'm like, that was pointless. Yeah, there's a lot of like self-flagellation when it comes to missionary work. But, right. Um anyways but yeah yeah that's that's weird like missionaries they they're so bored that they really get into scripture study and like um you know like the scripture commentaries and stuff and like really old conference talks where you find the really obscure stuff and you're exposed to like oh yeah like there's a a moment in church culture where it was really big to be anti um you know contraception it's like right like you dig deep enough you can find anything yeah you can find bizarre takes and like cultural things of like oh yeah this is it's the worst thing in the world to use condoms like you know you gotta be fruitful and multiply um or yeah don't astral project like do not that is and the the funnest thing with like those older um talks or uh the modern stuff like that's one of my favorite things is like in general conference where they come out with like a very highly specific talk on you know astral projection or like energy medicine yeah 
And as someone that doesn't live in Utah or, or Idaho, I'm just like, <laughs> Utah Mormons are at it again. I wonder what kooky stuff they're getting into and creating uh, side cults out of. It's because the tarot they have to, cards and the yeah, moon and the mercury. General authority has to come out and like specifically have a talk on it or um, in like the church magazines when, when that stuff comes out or like, huh, I guess that's a thing that Utah Mormons are dealing with right, right now. Because, you know, us normies on the outside. Well, I'll tell you what. Enough Mormon shit. I know. I was just about to say, anyone who's not familiar with this podcast is so bored right now. They're bored out of their mind. <laughs> um, so anyways, Josh can also astro project. Robert the Farter is fascinated right now. No, I Robert. Think he's Mormon too. Yeah, Robert the, Robert the Farter is, is locked into this conversation. <laughs> anyways. Okay, so yeah. Josh, the dad, can also astro project. He passed it on through genetics, I guess. I don't uh, really understand that, but it's kind of yeah. uh, an Check explanation. Um, so they're like, the only way is for Josh to go in to the further, which is like hell, kind of. It's more like purgatory, if if that makes any sense to anyone. It's like a, it's like a really dark, really boring waiting period. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where he goes. So they put him into like a trance using a metronome which you said you wanted to get back to oh yeah that was my favorite part because i was like you know we weren't taking the movie too seriously but like was it that line that she says as she's putting him under no i mean the metronome starts and and i just started i just started saying like and a one and a two and a one two and then aaron just started uh scatting had a scat so (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great if like that was the methodology to get the further just be like you know just like this is we got to use an insidious metronome to get to the further the insidious metronome well and she says the weirdest line which should not have been in this movie because it's so stupid and doesn't make any sense she's putting him into like a trance and she's like yeah basically once you get in there you're gonna want to look for your son don't don't run don't try to talk to people who aren't your son like just try to get to him and then she like looks him dead in the eyes and she's like the universe is deathless because it has no beginning therefore it cannot end and then he like falls into the trance which is Mm -hmm. so stupid to me i couldn't believe that line made the final cut (laughs) it doesn't even what does it mean it has nothing to do with anything that they're doing well time is a flat circle max i mean what can you say it's one eternal round um, Robert the Farter will get that one. Yeah, Robert the Farter <laughs> will get it. It's like, oh man, what what obscure lines could I could I use? Um, anyways, use some temple lines or something later. We're grateful for this um, moisture. Yep, <laughs> thank you for this moisture. <laughs> um, all right, so he's in there. He's in the further. He's looking for his son. He runs into like a another kid, which I'm pretty sure is like his past self. Mm-hmm. Um, and he points him to where uh, the house is. He makes it into the house and there's lots of spooky ghosts, which I actually thought some of these ghosts were, were pretty scary looking. And uh, just the way that they like don't move, but they're still making noise. Like that mm-hmm. was really creepy to me. Yeah, there's, I mean, that was, like, the part where it got pretty creative was, like, the different ghosts and, like, in the further, you know, it kind of vacillated between being 
completely dark void to like oh there's a house here Mm -hmm. which is an interesting thing and then eventually like after a big you know rigmarole he finds his son right um it's kind of like you know what it is what it reminded me of a little bit what this movie taps into is that 13 ghost phenomena where i could see people could be real fans of these ghosts these ghosts ghosts were way more interesting than the 13 ghosts ghosts i've actually never seen 13 ghosts um i mean you're missing out it's uh supposedly one of the best movies ever about 13 ghosts i've I've started it i just like i turned it off because i was like i just don't i'm not getting into it but eventually i'll watch it because you know it's everyone likes it and it's a classic so yeah, you can you can skip it. But it's one of those things where like you see a bunch of ghosts and it, it seems like there's always a backstory about how everyone was murdered or, you know, is a serial killer or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, nice little grab bag of of spooky ghosts. Um and then finally he gets to, you know, uh the Razmataz demon. <laughs> the Razmataz demon. The I've heard him called the lipstick demon. Um, yeah, I think in the in the credits he's the lipstick demon. I always called uh, him the red face demon, but yeah. I mean, look at this! Look at this face! Look at that cutie! Is that not the Razamataz demon? Like, you know what he's saying right now? He's saying, "Ha cha 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 cha." He's got his little puppets <laughs> and he's going, "Yeah," and that really so, is kind of how he is um, in the movie. Um, yeah, at least when he's not being. Uh, at least when he's not like climbing on the walls in some CGI uh, lizard thing. Yeah, there's a weird logic too. As he's as uh, Patrick Wilson is in the further, um, he gets attacked by one of the let's call him the the Chris Angel demon uh, or Chris Angel ghost. Yeah, buff Chris Angel, like like uh, emo goth carrot top attacks him, and um. And then Lynn Shay or whatever her character's name is, is like, no, you're stronger than them because you have life. And so he just like, uh, Iukens him <laughs> off of himself. Yeah. It really is the, but like, then, it was within you all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then the logic doesn't hold with the demon for some reason, but it's like, okay, so are we safe or not? Like who has more Iukin power? The demon or someone that's actually living? Like, it's unclear. Well, I mean, uh, Patrick Wilson literally, like, rips the chains off his son, so... Right. Well, because he told them that they're not actually real, and that's all you need to know about... It's all up here. State. Yeah. That's where, your, that's where your prison is. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's true, isn't it? Aren't we all just imprisoning ourselves to our own limitations? max i guess so i don't i don't know <laughs> you're long you're young i feel pretty You'll free <laughs> i'm 25 you're still in your you're still in your 20s right yeah oh yeah i'm halfway i go you still dead. have hopes and you still have hopes and dreams you <laughs> still think you can do things that you want to do i'm doing a thing i want to do right now literally as we speak i'm doing it that'll change well, let's, let's hope not. Either you'll not be doing it or you'll not want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I'll be sad. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, everything just ends in tragedy and sadness. So, I mean. Which is part of the course for this movie. 
um, mm-hmm. because we are at the ending. Uh, so he, you know, they're running from the demon and they eventually get to a point where they get kind of split up and the sun runs through the portal, I guess. I don't really know mm-hmm. exactly how it happened, but he finds his body and he comes back to life and they're still waiting on, on Patrick Wilson. And that's, this is when he encounters the original a ghost from the very beginning of the movie which we saw for a brief second which is the reason he can't take pictures this old lady ghost that is following him and always appears in pictures of him so uh, they duke it out they battle they're in a struggle a tussle if you will um, and then he uh, makes it or does he bum 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 uh he doesn't make it spoiler alert uh, <laughs> spoiler he does not make it turns it. out the old lady takes over his body and uh after pretending to be him for a little bit kills the psychic and that is how mm-hmm. this movie ends so i've never seen insidious 2 like how do they deal with that does is he in jail for, uh, for life it, surprisingly no he uh does not go to jail uh, he's interrogated, but they find that the fingerprints on the neck don't match up with his. And so they're like, well, that's I, convenient. I guess he's home free. He didn't kill her. Um, but it's actually old lady fingerprints. Or is it old lady fingerprints? Because I can't give spoilers for the second one, can I? <laughs> okay. Well, we'll wait until this until uh, we review Insidious 2. But, yeah. Um... <sighs> But yeah. yeah, I mean, it was surprisingly like it was better than I remember. Mm-hmm. It was it's pretty good. The the one thing that's kind of like a, a non sequitur, which is like that's a weird choice, was the uh, the steampunk you know elephant trunk uh, uh, gas mask that the psychic put on, which was like that's just weird. I kind of thought <laughs> it was creepy like, looking. Um... I mean, it w- I mean, it is creepy looking and it has like a certain vibe to it, but it's not, it doesn't match with the rest of the movie. And Aaron turned to me and she's like, this feels like Saw. I'm like, <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it, it's really a hodgepodge. It's, it's, it's so many yeah. things put together. Um, this, I believe this came out before The Conjuring, did it? I think it did. Um yes so i i feel like this was really james wan trying to because he was kind of pigeonholed into the guy who makes disgusting horror movies Mm. and i think what he was going for was let's just make a classic uh ghost story um and we'll try a bunch of things see what works see what doesn't and then he went over to the conjuring and kind of uh you know perfected some of those things i don't i'm not a huge fan of the conjuring but i think it was probably a little tighter or less a little less all over the place Mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah that's kind of what this movie is who do you think would like this movie um yeah i mean family based haunting movies it's definitely up your alley like if you're looking for kind of a haunted house or exorcism movie that's not exactly the same as other ones um this is this is an interesting there's a couple interesting departures in it it's pretty high quality i mean <clears throat> again james wan and lee winnell are good like they they know what they're doing um and this is before they get pretty indulgent and off the rails mm-hmm. so 
yeah i mean it's it's warranted to like have these um be known and and kind of must-sees but it's unfortunate that it came out like at the same time as the conjuring movies it's like um and even like sinister like has a similar title it's a pretty different movie but mm-hmm. ethan hawk like, also all... auditioned to be uh josh by yeah the way. yeah so i mean it's like it, it can kind of get lost in the mix but i do think it's pretty unique in its own right and well done so it's a it's a good general audience horror movie mm-hmm. um it's pg-13 nothing too out there so this is another one you but they do say the f word one time so be careful kids oh you are mormon you did notice that <laughs> are you still on the on the frame of like <gasps> one f word that's the one that they used i mean i you, did remember still... in my head that's the only one they get they only yeah. get that one <clears throat> no I, I i guess i take note of that too like there's nothing like you know a mother-in-law to point out like it's such a good movie. I just wish they didn't use so many swears yeah. in it. Like, okay. Or like, we used to watch those movies. We loved them, but yeah, they just, you know, swore too much. So yeah. we cut them out and we're better for it. Um, yeah, I think that uh, one thing I will say about Insidious is like, I, I see a lot of people, especially on the Facebook group, saying stuff like, um, you know, oh, horror movies were way better before and, like, there's nothing good from, like, 2000s on. Um, I think, like, check out, like, it's not a perfect movie. Like, this isn't a slam dunk, but it's really, I thought it was enjoyable. I liked sitting through it. So yeah. if you're just, like, you you struggle to find anything you like from, like, the past 10 or 20 years, check out this. Check out things like Sinister, The Conjuring, because I think they're fun. Yeah it's weird like horror movie taste is is kind of like your your favorite snl cast mm-hmm. or saturday night live cast it's like whatever you're watching when you're like 12 or 13 that's gonna resemble your taste yeah. and, and this like, is what i was watching like. because yeah. i wasn't allowed to watch rated r movies <laughs> right so um you know you gotta kind of take it with a grain of salt but yeah i mean this is definitely a quality one especially i mean in my opinion like 2000s were pretty pretty light on interesting horror movies mm-hmm. like they're pretty they're kind of milk toast. I think they I kind just, of found some formulas that work and just decided they didn't want to get super creative with it. They just wanted to yeah. do what makes a little bit of money. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. True. But anyways, Bryce, do you have like some uh clapping or like game show music cuz we're about to get into our new game. What is it called again? Horror movie talk trivia in this fun. Okay, so I'm not supposed to look at this. No, do not part. look at them because I put the answers in there. Okay. Okay. All right. In this fun new game, <clears throat> I will be testing Bryce to see how much he knows about his own podcast. Some questions may be simple, but they will get increasingly more complex and truly test whether Bryce's brain is smooth or bumpy. Are you ready, Bryce? Horror. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like I said, it's going to start off pretty easy and it's going to get pretty hard by the end i think unless you are a genius and then it won't be hard for you at all the first question there's there's seven questions so you need at least four to win okay all right before dustin gobel came into the mix who made the original hmt logo oh horror movie talk logo Mm mm-hmm 
Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the easy one. <laughs> okay. I figured you'd get that one. <laughs> okay. You want to know how I made it? Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, stock art. Stock art. Found a skull with the headphones on and picked out the font. I added the the speech bubble, though, so that was all me. And you picked out the colors, which I believe have stayed true. I did. I did pick out the brand colors. I'm very proud of the brand. Like, that's, that's the a good thing. brand. Like, I, I like a... Your brand. Yeah. My brand. So, question number two. Slightly more difficult, but still probably pretty simple. What was the very first movie ever reviewed on Horror Movie Talk? That was, I believe, The Devil's Doorway. It is The Devil's Doorway. You're yes. two for two. And that one actually could be tricky for some listeners because it's no longer on the RRS feed. RSS feed? Um, oh, yeah. I think it does limit it to like 300. So there's, hmm, I should figure out what to do about that. Yeah, because right now it says your first episode is uh, Happy Death Day to You, which. Uh, wow. Yeah. That's way back there. So yeah, we got to recover those old episodes. I know, dude. You, there's no, there's no one that's. Is the uh, sleepaway camp still available? It must not be. I don't know. Huh? I do not know. All right. Well, I'm gonna check and see if I can do that then. Anyways, next question. Question number three. What was your original moniker, which you said about yourself at the beginning of every episode? Bonus points for David's as well. Um, the f- first one. See, we didn't have the monikers for a while. Like it took a while. Or, it originally, like, I kind of hated the podcast that did that. Mm-hmm. Or was like, hey, we're just you know, blah blah blah. And so it was more of like a parody or making fun of that. And then it turned into that we became what I became what I hated. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it's uh, I'm Doctor Bryce Hansen. And I hold a PhD in spookology. I'm sorry, Bryce. You Is had, that not the original you one? You had one before that. You don't remember what it was? <sighs> Bryce, you were a cool collected nihilist. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I was a cool collected nihilist, and David was... Um, oh, what was it? It was like an angry man... <laughs> With strong opinions or something like that? There's an angry man who's always right. Angry man who's always right. I still stand by that. It's pretty accurate, <laughs> pretty for, accurate for both of us. David did not appreciate that moniker. I don't think he liked being labeled as an angry man. Yeah. At the time, it was a little more true than now. He's not nearly as angry as he used to be. Um, but I still stand by... What did I say? A nihilist? A cool, collected nihilist. A cool and collected nihilist? Maybe I'm not cool and collected, but I'm definitely a nihilist. Okay. All right. You are two for three, so you still definitely have a chance here. Question four. Have you ever reviewed on this podcast the movie Paranormal Activity 3? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I'll give you a hint. You have reviewed We've, a Paranormal Activity movie, at least one. I'm pretty sure we've done at least three. So we've done Paranormal Activity, the first one. Two is... 
Okay, did we do two? Three? Okay, one is the first one. Two has her sister. Three is the one that goes back into the 80s? It is. I'm pretty sure we did that one. Yes, we did. You did. Congratulations. You are three for four. So we haven't done two or the touched ones or whatever the, the marked ones called. the touched the ones marked ones <laughs> the touched ones <laughs> have you done ghost uh, dimension i don't remember yes we did ghost dimension okay that's that the one only one i like, haven't seen it's got a hottie in it Whew. there's like a that's like the one addition that they made to the formula was that they just added like a hottie babysitter i love that um and then also you know the the, the thing that was missing from paranormal activities is that you see the ghost apparently so they showed the ghosts and oh and good the ghost dimension oh good they ruined their formula that's perfect mm-hmm. um okay yeah you're doing really good you've only missed one question we got uh three more questions here question number five how many scream movies have you reviewed on this podcast Three. So you did the original, the reboot, and six. You are on fire right now. That is exactly correct. Wow. I can't believe you're remembering all this. Good for you, buddy. It's almost like I've done this for five years. Yeah. Well, I actually thought that would be a detriment to you. I thought you'd uh, have so much built up. I mean, there's definitely questions you could ask. If you had asked any specifics about any of the movies that we reviewed, I would probably I was thinking about asking you questions like, wait, let me make sure I didn't actually do this. (gasps) I did actually do this. Never mind. Okay, hold on. Okay, all right. (laughs) Question number six. What score did you give the movie Terrified or Aterados? Not to be confused with Terrifier. Pretty sure David gave that one a ten. That's like one of David's favorite movies. Me? Is it literally my score or just the score? Your that was for the I movie? checked your score. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess a seven. That is incorrect. You gave it a nine. Nine. All right. All right. All right. Well, you've already. Yeah, I remember. See, it's one of those things where David is always like effusive with praise about. It. I'm like, I don't remember it being that fantastic, but I. Yeah. So it probably is waned in my head. It's James waned in my head. It's but, James Wan. <laughs> okay. But well, uh, to refresh your memory, because I just listened to that episode last night while I was putting some of this together, you said it was really scary but didn't have a lot going on in plot, which is why you didn't give it a 10. Okay. That was back when I was pretty generous, I think. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's just officially knock that down to an eight at least. It wasn't that. Okay. It wasn't we do need to do, you, you, you should do an episode where you do like a tier list and you like re-rank everything to like an official ranking. Yeah. Do the YouTube, you know, tier list, S tier, A tier, right, yeah. B tier and all that stuff. All right, well, you've already got enough points to win, but I'll do the last question anyways. Who is the only person to purchase the $666 tier on the HMT Patreon? I don't remember. No, of course, it's it's the, the bird, that bird. 
I'll give it to you. I think it's this bird, but uh, this bird. Yeah. No, that was that was awesome. Yeah, if anyone wants to do that again, now would be actually a really great time to do that. Yeah, I mean, hey, try out, try out the as a, you know, if you want to jump to the front of the list, pay six hundred sixty-six dollars. Not a no, not I mean, a bad deal. Was, that was crazy. That's like insane. Uh, but yeah, he does great work too. Check him out on Instagram. Um, that bird this bird i think it's this bird actually now you're making me question it i'm pretty sure it's this bird but um, uh yeah that is the game you won with flying colors you do have a bumpy brain congratulations yay Blip. Blip. <laughs> okay well that is all we got for you today thank you for tuning into this episode of horror movie talk guys thank you for listening to an episode with me on it and uh i would appreciate if you would uh you know on the facebook group or something let me know how you liked it if it was good if it was bad um but yeah anyways thank you and we will see you bryce will see you next week All right, see ya. Bye. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. You lose. Wow, that didn't sound good. Bam!